Praise the Lord. This is Jacob Lovelace with The Promise Church, and we want to welcome you to our new podcast, Messages from the Promise. We want you to be blessed by the word of the Lord that's shared here each week at The Promise Apostolic Church. Hope these words richly bless you. God bless. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Amen. If you'll do good for others and you'll help others, God will give you an opportunity to share this great message with them. Amen. And in the end, that's all that matters is this great message and people's lives being changed and people being born again. You made me cry, you know what? Thanks. I don't like crying. Philemon, chapter number one, verse number 10. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, Beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. He said, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I write unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. I want to talk to you for a little while. On this thought, I'm not going to be long, but I want to talk to you. You're going to think, where in the world did he get that title out of what he just read? You'll see in just a minute. I want to talk to you about self-serving sermons. Self-serving sermons. Let's pray and ask God to bless us with his word today. Heavenly Father, we love you. We are thankful for this, another privilege that we have to be in your house. And we're thankful for your word. God, I pray that you'd bless us with it today, encourage us with it, and move us to action with it. God, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory when you anoint us in spite of us. God, we're nothing without you. But God, if you'll anoint and bless and move, we believe something great will happen in this service today. We'll give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Glad to have Gage here today. 
He's courting my niece. Texas? All the way from Texas. I saw him over there a minute ago during that praise and worship song, Bubba. And he was lifting his hands and praising the Lord. Amen. I want my niece to have somebody that's not ashamed to praise the Lord. Amen. I heard somebody say one time, if you want a husband, find you somebody that pays their tithes. If he won't give God 10 cents on the dollar, don't think he's going to give you everything. Amen. Amen. If he won't give God 10%, he's not going to give you 100%. Amen. Amen. I'm glad Gage is here today. The beautiful story that we've read here out of the book of Philemon. And the, there's some of my favorite verses found here in this, uh, this book, this chapter of Philemon, some of which start with verse number nine when Paul, as he's writing to Philemon, he says in verse eight, as he's given him instruction, of course, we read the instruction here just a moment ago, but let me just share some of what he prefaced the instruction with. He said in verse eight, Wherefore thought I, though I might be much bold in Christ, to enjoin thee that that which is convenient, yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such a one as Paul the aged. What I really like about what Paul is saying in those verses right there, let me explain it to you. He's saying, I could have commanded that you do this. You know, I am Paul, by the way. I'm the Apostle Paul, and I'm your pastor. And he's saying, when, when he wrote to him, he, he said, I could, have, I could have commanded you to do it. He said, but rather, I beseech thee. That word beseech means I kindly entreat you. I'm, I'm not telling you you have to do this, kind of like Ben, whenever he... He's leading us in praise and worship. He'll say, everybody raise your hands and praise the Lord. And then he'll normally say, I'm not telling you, you have to do that, but we're inviting you uh, to do that. And so Paul says here, he says, now, I'm not, he said, I could, because of who I am and the office I carry, I could have told you that you're going to do this for old, old Nesimus. He said, but I beseech you. I, I'm kindly entreating you that you would help me in this Matter, I, and and then he said, uh, being Paul the aged, I have, I have a a theory about parenting that God lets you have kids when you're young, because when you're young you don't have a whole lot of patience and you'll bust their tail. As you get older, you have more patience, and you poor old Tucker. I believe if he shot me, I'd just say it's okay, buddy. Uh, but Bubba and Luke, man, I used to fire them boys up, you know, growing up. Uh, but Paul, Paul said, he said, uh, you know, there's a time probably in my life that I would have gotten right with you, you know, and been hateful with. He said, but I'm Paul the aged. I'm older now. Lars Tucker now. Is he the cutest thing? He's laughing. Paul the aged. I, I, I'm not young anymore and I'm not without patience anymore and uh, he said so I'm kindly entreating you I'm asking you to do this see Onesimus I'm not going to preach long y'all stick with me here Onesimus was a former slave of Philemon 
He's a former slave who had run away. He, I don't know if he ran away by night or maybe he was out on work detail one day and he, and he took off Dustin, but the, we, we learned through this story that he was a slave. And when he ran away, he, he went to Rome. And somehow, some way, by the divine order of the Lord, he met the Apostle Paul. And in so meeting the Apostle Paul, he converts him. Paul converts him to Christianity. He's, he's saved. And so he writes to Philemon on behalf of Onesimus, this slave who had ran away. And he says, I realize, and I'm going to put it in my words, that because of his running away, that it cost you something. It's been expensive for you that this slave ran away. You paid for him or at least bartered to get this slave to, to do work for you. And he ran away. He said, it's been unprofitable for you. I know in times past he was unprofitable. He said, but now, this is, this is Paul. He's writing on behalf of Onesimus to Philemon. He says, but now he has become profitable. Not only to me, but he also will be profitable to you. Then he says in verse 18, if he hath wronged thee, or if he owes you any money. Paul said, you can put that on my account. Wow. What generosity from Paul. If he wronged you, if he owes you anything, he said, just, just put that on my account. Then in verse 21, he says, listen to this, this is really good. I mean, Paul is really laying it on thick. He said, having confidence in thy obedience, I write unto thee knowing that thou will also do even more than I say. He said, I've got so much confidence in the fact that you're going to obey me because I'm kindly entreating you. I'm beseeching you that you're going to do this thing for Onesimus. He said, not only will you do what I'm asking you, he said, but I know you'll go above and beyond the call of duty to help him. He is really speaking on behalf of Onesimus. Wow. What generosity and kindness. I realize that he's wronged you in the past, but he's a changed man now. He's different now. I know he did you wrong before, but he's not the same person he was before. Please receive him as if it were me myself. Receive him and help him. He said, if he owes you anything, just charge it to me. Just put it on my account. Paul is really speaking on behalf of this former slave. However, he wanted to make sure that Philemon understood. You know, Paul had, had others, Jake. Sometimes if you read Paul's epistles, uh, it'll say, uh, written by the hand of so-and-so. You know, Paul, it was Paul dictating to someone else, you know, Write this for me. You know, Paul's locked up in jail and, and one, of his, one of his followers would be outside the jail cell and Paul would say, all right, I want you to write this to the church at Corinth. And, and though it was authored by Paul, someone else was writing it. But he, he wanted Philemon to know. He said, remember there in verse 19, he said, I'm writing this with my own hand. That's, that's what that says there in the book of Philemon. He said, I'm writing this with my own hand, really going above and beyond 
it's going to get good here in just a second, I promise. Really going above and beyond to share with Philemon how much he really wants him to help him. But I noticed something in this passage and in this story and in reading this again that I had never noticed before. Bear with me. The King James Version of the Bible will often add a side note, maybe at the beginning of a chapter or at the end of the chapter that the translators put there to help us understand more what's being said and to get a vision of the picture of the situation and the circumstance there. It's not in every version of the King James Bible, but in many. Anybody got a Bible? You got Philemon there? If you got Philemon, some of y'all got Bibles. Who got Bibles? I don't mean I don't I don't mean phones. I mean Bibles. Anybody bring a Bible? All right, so y'all got Bibles. All right, go, go to Philemon there. I want you. I want to see if it's in your Bible. I have this old Thompson chain Bible here that that Elder Larry Ragsdale gave me. I hope him and Opal are watching tonight. He gave me this when I was ordained as a minister down at Fairview, when I was put in as pastor down there many years ago. He gave me this Bible. And it's, it's an older Bible, and it's a Thompson Chain Reference Study Bible. The original copyright of this particular Bible was 1964. However, it had revisions that go back all the way to 1909. So it's an old one. It's the Thompson chain. Let me see what it says on the side of it. Speaking of old, I've got to take my glasses off. Chain reference Bible Thompson. Red letter edition. B.B. Kirkbride Bible Company. That goes all the way back to 1908. And I want to read you the preface of this. And I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all still with me? Listen to the preface of this old Bible, this old King James Bible. It says, this edition of 1964 has been improved by the introduction of new features and the revision of a few in the former edition. Among the improvements of special value is the numbering of the marginal references in the Old Testament, thus completing the famed numerical chain reference system throughout the entire Bible. Also new, pictorial maps. Remember when you was a kid and you didn't listen to the preacher, you just looked at the maps in the Bible? He said, we've also added maps presenting scenes in the lives and journeys of Abraham, Joshua, Gideon, Samuel, Saul, David, and Solomon. Listen to this. A lifetime of study. The chain reference Bible is the product of over 31 years of intense Bible study on the part of the author, Dr. Frank Charles Thompson, and his faithful wife, Laura Balton Thompson. The examination of every verse of Scripture in the different versions in order to ascertain, as far as possible, its exact meaning and its analysis into appropriate subjects has been a task of no small magnitude he said it took us 31 years to put all this together and I want you to notice 
And I noticed that I had never noticed this before, that in my 1964 copyright, new and improved, more study, more references, more contributors, Thompson Chain, King James Version of the Bible, at the end of this beautiful story, it says this to help you understand more what's going on. Written from Rome to Philemon by Onesimus. Please take him back. He's a changed man. If he owes you anything, just put it on my account. Y'all getting it yet? Writing on behalf of the Apostle Paul as if he were Paul. Onesimus, the author, says, hey, look, if Onesimus owes you anything, just put it on Paul's account. He's a changed man. He's a good fellow. And he said, when he comes to you this time, don't treat him like a slave. Don't treat him like a servant. He said, but treat him like... If I ever saw a self-serving sermon, it's this letter in Philemon written by the guy that's the subject of please take him back, Onesimus. I've never seen that before. Some of y'all look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I didn't write it. Go get mad at Mr. Thompson. They said that Onesimus wrote that letter on behalf of Paul to Philemon. Be kind to him. He's a good guy. He's different now. Come on. If he owes you anything, just put it on Paul's account and, and treat him better this time. And he says, as a matter of fact, I know that not only will you do everything I'm asking you to do, he said, but you'll go above and beyond to be nice to Onesimus. What a self-serving sermon we read here from the book of Philemon. Well, I want to tell you that 2,000 years later, there are still a lot, a whole lot of self-serving sermons in the world today. I expect you to be quiet up until then. I said there's a lot of people preaching a lot of self-serving sermons in the world today. Amen. I remember all oh, about 10, 15 years ago, there was this guy on TBN. I can't remember his name, and I'm not preaching against TBN. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a Cajun dude from down around Louisiana or Texas and he said all the time, this is what I heard him preach all the time, I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my money. Y'all send in your tithes and y'all send in your offerings because, oh, brother so-and-so, I'm going to get my money. Y'all remember that guy? I can't remember what his name was. He kind of stuck his lips out like that. You can't go get my money. Y'all send in your tithes and your offering to old brother so-and-so. I'm going to get my money. And then he would get on there and say, look at my new jet. And look at my new, look at my new motorcycle. And look at my new this and look at my new that. Self-serving sermons. Tell you something, we preach tithes here at The Promise. 
but it's not for self-serving reasons. It's because we've experienced the fact that that's God's financial plan to bless his people. It's going to get better as it goes. Amen. I remember when me and Wendy first got married, we were so poor we couldn't pay attention. We didn't have two nickels rubbed together. We got two babies in diapers, wasn't in church, and we struggled, 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 struggled. I, I, I even told, the, I, I'm ashamed to tell this, but the Bible says to confess your faults one to another. I wasn't in church at the time. I tried every way in the world to convince the landlord that we had already paid the rent one time. Of course, he didn't fall for it. Amen. But I remember we got to going to church and got to living for the Lord. And I told her, I said, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it 100%. And I remember that first tithe check we paid. I think it was like $35. We didn't have, we couldn't afford to pay tithes. And, and she was trying to convince me that we, hey, we got diapers to pay and uh, buy and we got formula to get. We, we can't afford that. We need that $35. I said, no, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it 100%. We gave that $35. It was the last $35 we had to our name. And the next day we got our income tax. And we have never gone without a meal. We've never gone without our lights being paid. We've never gone without a car. Ever since we started participating in God's... We don't preach it so we can pat our pockets. We preach it because it's the promises of God. Has anybody in this room experienced the promises of God? Amen. 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 God has always supplied our needs. Amen. We don't, none of us, Brother Phil, Brother Chase, Brother Mike, any of these preachers, Brother Tommy Gillenwater, whoever, Jacob, whoever, we're not preaching anything based on our own personal gain in this church. Amen. We don't preach the Word of God based on our denomination. Oh, it got quiet then. Amen. It's not a denominal message. We're not motivated by the denomination that we belong to to preach the Word of God. Amen. It's not for money. It's not for denomination. It's not for any inside uh, viewpoints that we have. We preach what we preach and we teach what we teach solely based on the infallible Word of Almighty God. Well, if you're thankful, <laughs> you ought to praise the Lord here. Amen. Bible college is great. Do we have any Bible college graduates in here? You, you got a, somewhat of a degree. Who, who's, who's my point? There's a Bible college degree, uh, graduate. We, we, we got a few. Amen. Uh, Bible college is great. Awesome. I hope one of these days I might finish my Bible college degree. But listen, if you go to Liberty University or you go to uh, 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 Oral Roberts University or, or wherever you might have went to get your Bible education, you can't help but have a little bit of bias. 
Amen. Amen. You can't help but have a little bit of bias uh, in what you might be teaching or preaching. But listen to me today. We've spent the last 20 plus years of ministry studying and praying and fasting and looking for what thus saith the Lord. And you're not going to hear anything in this church that's bound by or based by a denomination of any kind. It's simply on what God said. Amen. I prayed that prayer as a young preacher. You, you can sit down. I, when I first, hey, I, I, I sat under one of the greatest, most anointed men of God this world has ever known as a pastor. His name was G.D. Peters, Granville Delmer Peters. One of the greatest men that you'll ever know. And I had so much respect for him. I wish you could have met him. He was almost regal. You know, he just, he just carried himself. When you went somewhere, people just, you know, they didn't know him, but they're like, he, he, is he a governor or is he in Congress? You know, he just, he cared. Hey, I went to Israel with him a few times. We'd go somewhere and somebody'd say, hey, GD. You know, people knew him all over the world. He'd been to Israel like 27 or 28 times. And just, just a regal uh, man and, and knew everything and, and, and just so studied and, and, and so respected by his peers. Even other denominations in the city respected Jeannie Peters, you know. Just, just a great man. He was friends with Jimmy Quillen, the congressman, you know. Just, just, just one of those kind of people. But when I felt a call to the ministry, I've still got the Bible you gave me, Julia. On my 27th birthday, my sister gave me a Bible and she wrote in there and said, I'm giving you this so God can do in your life what he's always wanted to do. Happy 27th birthday. And when I started in the ministry, I prayed, Jake, and I said, God, I don't want to just preach what I'm going to preach in this ministry wherever you take it simply because G.D. Peters told me that's how it is. I don't want to just preach this because of an apostolic or a Baptist or a, or a Pentecostal denomination. I want to learn it for myself. I want to get in here and preach what your heart is and what your mind is and what your spirit is. Not because somebody else told me that how, that's how it is. And this is the result. 20 some years later, I'm preaching to you the unadulterated gospel of our Lord and Savior. It's not a self-serving sermon. Listen to me, the Bible is a continuous love story from cover to cover. Amen. Amen. That's what we're preaching here. We will not let denomination dictate to us what is truth. The Apostle Paul, y'all gonna like this. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter four, verse five, that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. If you Google how many Christian denominations there are in the world, you will find an astounding number. It blows my mind every time I Google it. The first time I Googled it, it was 33,000. Now, how can there be 33,000 different Christian denominations in the world and the Bible says that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism? How is that? A possibility. 
the half-brother of Jesus Christ. His name was Jude. Jude said in Jude chapter 1, verse 3, that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now that don't mean that they just preached it one time, but that there was only one message. Man, it's quiet in here today. Amen. That there was a once delivered message. And that once delivered message, some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know if I like what he's saying to me today. Stay with me. That once delivered message that he was talking about was the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. He took our place at Calvary and rose again on the third day. But that's not the completeness of the once delivered message that he's talking about. Because how we respond to that message as a convicted believer is also part of that once delivered message. Now, whether, hey, it don't matter where you go to church. If you're a Christian, no matter what denomination you are, you believe that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the gospel. You believe that. But where we have some differences sometimes is how we respond to that message. But let me tell you how they responded in the very first revival in the Bible. He preached that Jesus died for your sins and rose again on the third day. And the Bible said they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Tell us how we're to respond to that message. And he said, repent and be baptized. That's not a denominational message. That's the ones delivered. Oh my, I'm about done. Some of y'all glad. Amen or oh me. From the Gospels to the book of Revelation, from creation in Genesis to the year 2020. The message of salvation is the same for everybody. There was not a message for this group of people and then a separate message for this group of people and then a separate message for that nationality and a different message for that nationality and a different message for men and a different message for women. There's one message. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Let us earnestly contend for the faith which was once. Listen, Peter said in the book of Acts chapter 10, he said, I, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Amen. That God is no respecter of persons. The same Peter that preached Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. This is good preaching whether you like it or not. Amen. The same Peter 
that preached repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the washing away, the removing, amen, of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost is the same Peter that said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And he preached that same message to the Gentiles. That's us. And they were baptized in Jesus' name and they were filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in Amen. Amen. That's not a self-serving message. That's the once delivered message. Paul said in Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power. Hey, Colton, you listening to old Big John tonight? You listen good, buddy. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He wanted to talk to me today. I want to meet Big John in his office today because I'm feeling a tugging in my heart that I want to get baptized. That little boy that said, I'll give 50 out of my piggy bank a few weeks ago when we were taking up an offering for the building fund. That same little boy said, hey, Big John, I've been hearing you preach that once delivered message. And I think I want to be baptized. Listen to me, Colton. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know what that little boy is? He's a Gentile. And he's going to receive and experience that same message. Peter preached, repent, and be baptized to every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. You heard me say it a thousand times. The next verse, he said, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Guess what? 2,000 years later, you know who you are? You're the all that are afar off. Oh, I'm going to preach to y'all. For the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. In 2020, if you want to be born again according to the scripture, repent. And be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. And you you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul told King Agrippa. You remember that story when King Agrippa said these words, Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. Oh, I, I believe I got a few in here that's almost persuaded tonight. Coach, pastor, Big John, whatever it is you call me. Some of you like King Agrippa, you're almost persuading me. Paul said to King Agrippa, when God called me to the ministry, he said, here's how I fulfilled my ministry in Acts 26, 20. He said that when I obeyed God's calling on my life, he said, I told the Jews, y'all still with me? And I told the Gentiles that they needed to repent and do works, meet for repentance. 
That word meat means of equal value or just as important as repentance. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the, I know this is a hard pill for some folks to swallow in here tonight. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And from that time forward, y'all still listening to me? From that time forward, it was a continuous letter from Acts into the book of Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, both Thessalonians and both Timothy's and both Peter's and, and all three John's, Jude and the book of Revelation, it all confirms itself. But there are ministers and preachers today. Oh, I don't mean to be hateful or mean to nobody. But there are ministers and preachers today that preach a sermon based on their denomination. Well, my denomination says this, so I got to line up with my, what my denomination says. And, and my, my, my preacher says this, so I got to preach what, what, what he said. And, and Memo and Papa, they, 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 they believed it like this, so I got I to gotta believe it. Self-serving sermons, self-serving teaching. But listen, hey, the only way that you can get around what I'm preaching you tonight is try to get some of it out of there. Let me explain it away. Let me tell you why it wasn't for those people. Let me tell you why it was just for this bunch of people. That goes against the Bible in itself. The only way is to explain it away. But hear me today. This is not a, hey, what am I going to gain from that? You know what I gained from preaching this? He's a cult leader. That's what I gained from preaching what I'm preaching. That's a cult leader down there. Bunch of crazy people down there on the corner. That's right, Brother Ben. Jesus said you'll be hated for my namesake. But hey, I can't not preach the word of God. I, I can't dilute it. I can't delete it. I can't leave verses out for money. For denomination, I can't do it for popularity. I can't do it so people won't hate me. It's not a self-serving sermon. It's the unadulterated truth of God's word. It's not a self-serving sermon. We can't do it for any other reason other than it's truth. I'm almost done. Y'all hear me. Somebody recently told me. I said, I won't tell you what they called me because that sort of narrowed down who it might have been. Based on what they called me, it was a nice thing. But she said, I don't necessarily agree with everything you say she said but I trust you Yeah, I don't necessarily line up with everything you say when it comes to the word of God but I trust you listen you don't have to like me 
We don't have to be friends. You don't have to agree with me. But just trust me when I tell you what I'm preaching you is the absolute truth of God's word. Not based on denomination. Not based on what I'm going to gain from it. But simply based on I want to see one more person born again according to what God's word says. Trust this church and the motives behind what we preach. It's to preach the infallible truth of God's word. To see folks saved and born again according to what God's word said. Listen to what Jesus said. You must be born again. You must You must be born again. Is there a biblical example in the Word of God that shows us how to be born again? Is it in the Bible? If where you go to church, thank God you go to church here, but if you went somewhere else and that church said to you, if you want to be saved, you need to ride a bicycle backwards across Lee County. Just get on a bicycle and ride it backwards across Lee County, Virginia. Or if you want to be saved, ride a bicycle backwards across Hawkins County. Show me in the Bible where somebody was born again that way. Show me, is there a biblical example of someone riding a bicycle backwards across Hawkins County for them to be saved? You know what I'm going to tell you? No, there's not. But can I tell you about all the biblical examples of how people were born again in the Word of God? They were baptized in the name of Jesus in water, and they were filled with the Spirit of God with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Born of water and Spirit, born again just like Jesus said. Every biblical example of someone being born again Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of God said there's no other name under heaven. Given among men whereby we must be saved. What I'm preaching to you and what you've been listening to me preach to you for over 20 years now. Or maybe just a few months now. Is not a self-serving message. It's not based on my denomination. We don't have to put a denomination on this church. It's simply based on what thus saith the Lord. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads this evening. Lord, you help us right now. If my Thompson chain Bible was right. Onesimus may have authored a letter that could have been very self-serving to him. But the message we preach in this church is not a self-serving sermon. It is the new birth experience laid out in the word of God for salvation. Regardless of denomination, it is the word of God.
I'm going to ask the saints to be helping me pray right now. Sister Sherry Christian begins to play something on the piano tonight. Jesus is coming soon. Let me ask you, have you been born again according to God's word? Well, the preacher said when I shook his hand, I was born again. Is that what the Bible says, to go shake a preacher's hand and you'll be born again? Is that what the Bible says? Well, the preacher said if I would just repeat after him, I'd be born again. Is that what the Bible said? Is that what the Word of God said? Was somebody saved that way in the Scripture? Just shook a preacher's hand and there it is. Or did the Bible say you must be born of the water and of the Spirit? And did the Word of God give us examples of being born of the water and of the Spirit? Oh, yes, it did. If you haven't, Lord, in the name of Jesus, if you haven't repented of your sins, if you haven't repented, I can't repent for you. I can't even tell you how to repent. It's a prayer that comes from your heart that says, God, forgive me. I want to be born again. I want to live like you want me to live. And I, I want to be who you want me to be. And I want to follow your teachings. And I, I, I want to live my life according to the word of God. Have, have you repented? If you haven't repented, I wouldn't go another day without truly repenting of your sins. Have you been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin? If you haven't, today's the day. Have you been filled with the Spirit of God, born of the water and of the Spirit? Some of you's minds already wandered to where we're going to go eat here in a little while, but somebody, God, is dealing with your heart today. Thank you for joining our podcast. We want to invite you to our church Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoons at 345. We want to say thank you for joining us and also tune in next time for our podcast, Messages from the Promise. <laughs>